Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Howdy, folks. Happy Thursday. Uh, it is sunny and beautiful in Buffalo for a change. Same here. Uh, yeah, shocking. We're supposed to get 70 degrees this weekend. Yep. Hockey weather, right? Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, there's no hockey except for the Karjala Cup right now, right, Russ? Yep. Uh, okay, we'll start off with some pre-show stuff. All right, so let's talk a little baseball because there's there's one thing that I don't quite understand. So it's been reported now that the Cleveland Indians are are money strapped. And last I looked, the Dolan family owns that. And last I looked, they own a cable enterprise that's been keeping them going for a very long time. And and he basically has a stranglehold for what I've been told on the cable industry out there. So so they have to trade Francisco Lindor. Like there's no if, ands, or buts. There's an edict that he can't be on the opening day roster. And so basically he's on the block. And I'm really hoping the Mets don't get him because he is in slight decline and I think it's going to get worse. But my my question for Jan will be, Jan, why are they out of money all of a sudden? They were a contending team every year, last couple of years. Where'd the money go? Uh, well, part of it has to be in terms of the lack of attendance, right? And that impacted everybody across the board. The other question is how you count revenue, right? That's the piece of the puzzle we don't necessarily know when it comes to them. Look, the Wolpons had the same thing, right? SNY technically was a cash cow, though they supposedly did owe some money associated with that network that's not being included in the sale. Okay. The same may exist here. I don't know if they're, they're considered separate entities and therefore one doesn't bleed into the other. So the baseball club might be losing money while the the RSN may be making money mingle the two and that's my likely explanation as to what's going on and okay. this, and this is I mean this is not new because they peeled off Kluber uh, they peeled off Trevor Bauer they, they've been they've been selling off the last couple of years Lindor has just been they have but this is like the end of it now yeah. this is like why is this occurring why because again it's like it's not like they haven't been a good team it's yeah so I think it's what Jan said I think they're running them completely separately but at any rate, you know, Lindor is going to be a big guy in the market. But to be honest, the market's dead right now. It's unbelievable. They're waiting for the Mets to sale to go through for it to wake up, it seems. And he's one year away from being a completely unrestricted free agent, right. I believe. So his value, yeah. it's its like Mookie Betts. He gets traded to a team that he'll re-sign with, and that's how they get their value. But yeah. if they right. trade the question becomes what they give up, right? So they gave up Verdugo, they gave up Jeter down, but they took on, they took on Price's contract. Right, which had a material impact on terms of what the prospect base that Boston got back. So you think he's going to the Dodgers? No, no, I'm just saying in general. If you no, think he's about just it, saying from, price a, from, in from, general. A, from a value perspective, right? Yeah. Them giving up that contract had a very tangible value that impacted the return right. that Boston ended up getting for bets. We all thought it was underpayment, which got proven to be right, even though Verdugo is a nice player and they have upside for downs. It's the fact they got $30 million off their books. Yeah, when they, got rid of, when they got rid of Price's contract. And, well, and he's right. Lindor chocolates are great, but that's why I only get that little bag once in a while because if I didn't get that little bag, I'd be eating a much larger amount. Well, I, I like Lindor a lot. There's no question he did not have a particularly good year next year. 
But, I mean, it all depends on what the Mets would have to give up to get him, factoring to have Jimenez and Mauricio in their system. I think I think a team like the Yankees would rent him for a year and not try to sign him. Yes, but, that would make sense. I wouldn't, like I said, if I were the Mets, I would not sign him for like a four-year, five-year deal because yeah. all I picture is Roberto Alomar and eventually Carlos Baerga. Not at the beginning. His first right. year will be good, and then it'll start to get worse and worse and worse. He's already starting to slow down as well. Yeah, hopefully, the okay. third time's the charm with dealing with a guy from Cleveland. Let's put it be, that way. Be, before we start the show, what is your favorite Lindor chocolate? Uh, what do you call that? The the, um, the, the chocolate balls, the white chocolate, the white, the white chocolate. Ack, what's your favorite one? Um, you know, I guess I guess the I, I like the truffle. Okay, right. That's that's what we're talking about. The different flavor. Yeah, there's different flavors. Different flavor. um, I like the just the straight up. I, I'm not. I don't like white no, chocolate, straight okay. up chocolate. Um, okay. I like the orange chocolate with the uh, cho dark chocolate center. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Jan? Uh, I'm not a huge Lindor fan, but it's, it's either probably the cherry or the white chocolate. I, I mean, I love – I'm a big white chocolate fan. So Yeah, yeah. cherry's old school. Like, that used to be the biggest thing. The biggest yeah. – that used to be the biggest treat in my house back when I was a kid yeah. was the, the chocolate-covered cherry. Yeah, you can't go wrong with the chocolate-covered cherry. No. no. Do you know like the whole story of maraschino cherries? When something interesting, I give. I do not for this for a second. Okay, so there, there's actually one place. Um, there's one island where where maraschino cherry comes. That, that's where the actual maraschino cherries come from. And, and okay. they, they, you know, for year for years, you know, before you know, way way back, that was the only place you could get them from. They were cooked. They were they were in a certain kind of wine. They were soaked in a certain kind of wine. The whole nine yards. So, and you can still get them from that. You can still, there's the maraschino, actual maraschino cherries. But if you get like a bottle of it, it's like 20 bucks for like a little bottle of maraschino. Okay. But they are freaking incredible. What, what island does the red dye number five come from? Is this is not, it's not red dye. It's like completely different. That's like what we now have, you know? Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, there's, there's a whole, I heard a podcast on it. One of my favorite podcasts out there. It's called it Stuff. It just doesn't make you glow in the dark anymore, Russ. That's all. Yeah. Called stuff you should know, and there's a podcast on the stuff you okay. should yeah, know. Like about maraschino cherries. I, I don't know about I don't know about you, but when you mentioned white chocolate, I always associate white chocolate with the chocolate bunnies that you get at Easter. And mm -hmm. after you eat one of those monstrous ones, you don't want white chocolate for at least another year. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a straight up Hershey chocolate. For a bunny at Easter time, like when I used to get them as a kid. Even yeah. though I'm Jewish, yes, my parents would still get me the chocolate. Uh, I would only get the chocolate ones. Because of what Mike just said, I would never tire of the yes. regular chocolate, but the white, yeah, you, it's a battle after halfway through. Yeah, I'm a definite Hershey's chocolate guy. Like I, maybe, yeah, but they don't make the chocolate bunnies in Hershey's. No, chocolate. but may, maybe it's just because they are so close to me. But I think Hershey's chocolate is. I'll just take it over anything. I don't know. It's, it's, it's no, you won't. I will. I'm serious. I, I, I live on like one of my favorite things, treats. You know, Hershey's chocolate bars, Hershey's chocolate chocolate. Yeah, if we're just gonna talk basic, and we're not gonna talk like crazy like even godive or anything like that you know what cadbury kills hershey if you want to be real uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just just briefly this i like hershey my father my father was in in the army in korea and obviously they you know they would get like packages of of food but they would get the same things all the time he would never eat a hershey's chocolate bar after he got out of the army because that's all they got they got really? like piles and piles of hershey bars i get that i understand Spam and Hershey's chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, the Cadbury's are the British Cadbury's. It's the only one I can get that are actually kosher because they don't have them kosher in the U.S. But the, right. if you get the Hershey's or the other chocolate overseas, it is a completely different flavor oh, sure. than the one here. A totally different. Like Kit Kat's there 
tastes completely different than Kit Kat's. Yeah, yeah. Matt understands. Cadbury blows it away. It does. Yeah. When you can yeah. find Cadbury, it's better. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Yes. Right. And the best, the best, the best candy bar is Coffee Crisp. Sorry. It's not. It is a straight up Hershey bar. Yeah, I'm partial to Whoppers. I love the malted milk balls. So. Those are good. I haven't heard anybody since I'm in my kitchen today, so I'm just going to get a drink. Really, really, really. I haven't anybody. I haven't heard anybody since 1950 endorse Whoppers, so that's good well, to know. Uh, I've gone old school. Thank you. We've gone retro. Heck <laughs> is going over the wall. He's got a Mexican Coke. I know. I know. I am. It's it's it's, a, it's that kind of day. You know, it's just uh, trying to keep me up from staying up to freaking watching this stupid election every night. All right, here we go. <laughs> so sick of it at this point. All right, ready. What's the date? November sixth. November. Can your refrigerator tell you? No, it doesn't. Okay. Um, all right, here we go. Hello, Hockey World. It's Thursday, November 5th, 2020. I'm Michael Agello, and I'm not Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> I'm Jan Levine, and I don't even want to touch that with a 10-foot Yeah, that's that's a low bar. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. <laughs> and I'm Eklund, and let's just say the, um, Nevada, the, the Nevada is better at hockey than they are counting votes. Let's just throw that out there. Um Watching Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes every Monday through Friday at this time. Billion on the comings and going in the hockey world. And um, today, I'm getting a really great echo from one of you guys. It'll go away. Will it? I, I don't even hear it. Yeah, it's no, in- I don't, it's gone. I don't okay, it's gone. Okay, cool. Um, today, we're going to get into uh, the Pacific Division and how, how that – now, this is a really good one. I want to, like – we'll get into any news we have first, but um, I don't really have much personally. Well, the the Strom the Strom contract the Strom which contract I'm, signing obviously we can let's talk let's talk about that. What do we think about that, guys? As as from a Rangers perspective, good I'll deal. Can go first, then I'll go after. Um, so I've written so much about this. I'm actually sick of Ryan Strom already. But um, <laughs> again, so there's lots lots of factors, right? So part of it is we all knew that he wasn't going to get the 5.7 million dollars, and he asked for a right. high figure. I thought they came in a little low. The Rangers, as Russ has said before, they don't go to arbitration, right? They they they, they, they settle beforehand. Um, $4.5 million is a reasonable two years is reasonable. Look, it gives them a couple of things. First of all, if Filipino is not ready to become that two C this year, or maybe even next year, it gives them a center who has some chemistry with, with, um, Panarin. If there is a shortened season, you don't have to worry about incorporating somebody else into the role because you know, we can fit there. Defensively, he stinks. He's lousy in the base off spot, but he's really good offensively, including on the power play. Um, the two years enable them to expose him to Seattle next year, which I think is going to happen based upon the other guys that they have to protect. I knew he wasn't going to get over $5 million. The question is, would it be above the walkaway figure or below the walkaway figure? Well, ironically enough, $4.5 is about $38,000 below what would have been the walkout fig- walkaway mm-hmm. figure if they had gone to arbitration. He gets $4 million this year and $5 million next year, so he gets a healthy raise. He was going to get more than the 3.2 anyway. 3.1 he made last year, so... I'm fine with the signing. I'm fine with the two years. The dollars leaves them some flexibility to be able to get in Brendan Lemieux without a problem and also might give them just enough wiggle room to potentially get in Morgan Barron or Vitaly Krasov, even with the bonus figure, depending on how they align their lineup, that one of those guys could also make the lineup. So it gives them just maybe enough flexibility to figure out one of those two guys fitting in on the third or fourth line. See, now that's funny because if it comes down to those two, it's a shame they're going to pick Kratzoff because they he's a higher pick, but actually Barron's, I think, more NHL-ready than Kratzoff is. So that's that's the shame of it in that regard. But that's what happens with prospects. I, I'm with Jan. I, at the end of the day, it's a little more than I'd like to spend, but they've got the cost, cost certainty. I was telling Mike offline, I really think what, what this probably went came down to was – 
they looked around and maybe they tried to make a trade. And just like we've seen in this league, it's hard to find a number two center. Yeah. So might as well keep him for two more years because that problem's not going away, at least not yet. And, you know, maybe someone from within will fill that. Uh, and, and that's what the hope is. So, you know, it's, it, it keeps him going. It's fine. It's, it's interesting, though, because for a franchise that's been drafting very high, they just have nothing at the center position, and they haven't had anything at the center position for a while now. They overvalued what Howden would be as far as if they didn't think he was going to be a bottom six center, I don't know what they were thinking because there was no, he was never going to be anything but that, which is fine, but it's just – so they just – at the center position, they're in bad shape. Well, so he, he wasn't the guy that I wanted out in, in any way, shape, or form. I mean, I, I look, I wanted Sorelli. I knew that probably wasn't going to happen. Howden yep. really didn't have an interest. And look, his initial first foray when he joined them kind of swayed their view a little bit in terms of what he could be. I think, I think so. Henriksen has a shot at being a guy down the road. Um, but remember, the last two seasons, you had Kako and you took Lafreniere. You really, unless you added another center afterwards, you weren't going to probably find a center early on in the draft. Maybe you could no, but, you know, but later on. Well, I, I say it like this. They've had many drafts, and it didn't have to come in the first round because some centers are found in the second, third, and fourth rounds. Yeah, they've done a bad job of build, build, building up the center depth yes. in the organization, which is why I think this year they concentrated a little bit more on centers than they did on wings. Yeah. Um, look, and, and yeah, Funky's right. Howden was in the McDonough deal. I had no interest in Howden in that trade at all right. in terms of when, when they made that deal. Right. Right. Um, that's what I was talking about, about overvaluing them because – because it was for McDonough, it seems like they oversold him to the base. And yeah. I had seen Howden play, and I really liked him, but I liked him as a workman kind of center, not as a you know high skill center. Yeah. A three, right? Four, I, I would have liked, right? I would have liked Granlin. Look, Granlin was an option, so was Eric Halla, but Granlin hasn't played center in the last several years. He's actually yeah. shifted to wing, and he hasn't been taking draws at all. So that, to kind of move him in and put him as a two C, I don't think that would have been a wise move. That smacks of a Marcus Johansson type of move. Move him to move him to center out of necessity when he's really a winger. Yeah. Uh, so that wouldn't work. Um, let, me, let me just change it. Kevin Holla, Ke um, Eric Eric Holla was somebody. Um, always always Kevin Fiala, Eric Holla. I always get them confused. <laughs> Eric Holla, Eric Holla was definitely an option for the for them. I was told. Um, you know, and they were looking at that if they couldn't get this to where anywhere they wanted to, if they could if they could make a trade. Um, but because they did like Eric. Holla better, I was told, but you know, um, I, I wouldn't have. Let's put it that way. He had one great season, and and the rest of it has been pedestrian at best. Yeah, um, but yeah, Mark, I agree with you in terms. Mark is asking the thing. Yeah, three C. I'm not. They're not signing Granlin for the kind of money he's going to want. They don't have it, and they're going to rather play Heedle as a three C at least to start yeah. with and see whether or not he can fill that spot. As Russ said, look, Morgan Barron could end up being an option down the road there if they bring him yep. up because yep. he will fill our bottom six role either at center or wing. Yep. Right. I'll just I'll just bring this up. It's on the on the Rangers page, but not uh, on the and on the ice issue. Mm. And maybe not a big thing, but Tony D'Angelo deletes his Twitter account uh, coincidentally a day or two after uh, a certain notable event in the U.S. Not, um, not, not just that; it was a couple of specific tweets that yeah, he had. It was a bad take on COVID nineteen. That's what it Rangers was. Rangers PR department, I think, kind of reached out to him and kind of I don't want to say yeah. cease and desist, but but told him it would be rather advisable not to be tweeting anymore right now. I, I think what what happened was, if I read it right, from what that people complained about it, which they should, and I think he actually got in trouble with Twitter, which he should, 
And then I think all the rest happened. I think that's because I noticed that tweet was up there for a while and he answered people on it and he still had a flippant attitude about it. And you know what? And these were the kinds of things we were talking about. And that's why I think Jan's right. I think the Rangers PR put a halt to it because they're like, look, you can't do this and be our player and we don't put up with this. But but again, the podcast tweets are still there, right? So the watch your tone is there. That'll be the next thing, Jan. If they if he doesn't stay in line with that, that'll be the next. Well, again, they haven't gone over. Look, they haven't gone over the line. They are. No, we're 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 paying you four and a half million dollars a year. Shut up. That's well. It's not shut up. No, no, I don't want to be fair. Again, we've had we've again this that that smacks of aren't athletes shouldn't only be athletes. Mm -hmm. You're entitled to your opinion. He wants to back. He wants to back the Trump. He's allowed to back Trump. It was the other comment that drew the ire of a lot of people. Right, right. That's what it had nothing to do with Trump. Right, right. That's the thing. I mean, and then there's a there's a lot of hockey players that back Trump. Of but, course. You know, they don't. They don't. Um, it was the COVID nineteen comment. I think that yeah. that basically drew yeah. the ire that ended up pushing it over the bar. Everything else. Look, he wants to back it. He's happy that Florida voted for him. All that. Look, he's entitled. He's yeah. entitled to his opinion, I, right? But I, I think it's the other piece of the puzzle. I mean, you have to look at it. Yeah, you have a problem. You have to look at it in normal terms, right? Like if you're a guy who now is getting paid a certain amount of money on a team and you're not a core guy, but you're pretty close to that. We don't see Claude Giroux with a podcast. You didn't see Mike Richter with a side job. You didn't, you know what I mean? Teams don't want guys to do that. It's not that they don't want them to have an opinion. It's just, it's just not worthwhile to do it. When you work for somebody, uh, you know, whether, whether or not you want to admit it, you know, you, you, you know, what you say represents them. Like we've had people, sure. we've had some, some, some writers on hockey buzz, put some awful things out there on Twitter at times, you know, and I've had to go and Mike knows this and we've had to, we've, we've had to go to them and they like, listen, you know, you're you have hockey buzz in your name. You're, I mean, you're allowed your opinion, but if that's, you know, you can't just like, if you're literally going to just go call somebody a stupid name or, or just some, do something really dumb. Well, right. it does reflect on us, you know, it does, it reflects on us and we have to, you know, we're going to say something too, because, Hey, I mean, you know, just uh, people immediately trust me. If, if Mike says, if Mike, you know, Mike, you know, if Mike Ojello says something stupid on Twitter, I'll hear about it the second it happens, you know, yep. Look, it, just, it just happened with the giants, right? Golden Tate's wife posted yeah. an Instagram post in yeah. essence, ripping the team for not throwing in the ball. And granted Tate didn't Tate also started this by mopping to the camera you know, thank God you threw me the damn ball, basically, is what he said. And re- throwing his arms up in the air, we didn't get a ball. Right. That had ramifications. Yeah. He was basically told to stay home yesterday by the team. Yeah. You know? and it's not that you can't have an opinion. It's not that you, like, it's just that, you know, there are some things that are just. Uh... It's the manner in which you express that opinion. And as I said, yeah. you're going to be held accountable right. for what you say. Look, you're allowed to say what you want. It all depends if you're respectful in terms of how you say it. You're right. entitled to your opinion. You may have a different opinion than me. But as long as you're respectful of those that have a differing opinion, that's fine. I think it means that he went over the line with this post, which is kind of what he did. If you're not on the edge, then there's probably no reason to do a podcast. I think he's in, – in a, in a way, it's almost a, his way of attracting attention to himself. And you know, the funny thing is he's doing a podcast and he's playing for the Rangers, a big media market. But in terms of – you know. After the Yankees, the Mets, the, the the Giants, the Jets, they're way down on the on the food chain. If say – if so, wait, wait. If say, if say Nazem Kadri did a podcast, it's all about Nazem Kadri. You no, knew no, 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 because because Nazem Kadri was a <laughs> of all the people on earth, right? No, but he no, but he his opinion is he had his definite Indian opinion guy too, but... in Toronto in a big in a big hockey yeah, yeah. market. He'd be he'd be excoriated. 
or the Jake's yeah, new podcast thing about for Jake Gardner, right? Have you listened podcast. to his podcast? What's that? I have, one. have you listened to the podcast? I did, yes. It's actually not a bad listen. I didn't think it was great. I thought it was a lot of just like guys in the neighborhood who right. really weren't that good at sports just chiming, but chiming some stuff, But some of the stuff they said, actually, I've listened to a couple of them. There are some mm -hmm. topics they've covered. They've actually covered pretty good. Right. So yeah. I think it's a balancing act. Right. And I don't think anything he said on those podcasts were untoward. No, but the idea is shutting it down. But look, the guys he are with, that, that's, that's a whole different story altogether. That's the whole thing. And I also think what Mike's sort of getting at is okay, so if D'Angelo gets into a fight on the bench with a player, are they going to talk about it on the podcast? Because they talk about everything on the podcast, Jan. The answer is no, they're not going to. Um, well, that depends. You know, this this goes into a much bigger topic, which we which we don't have to get. But you know, we're talking about like the um, like the the Snapchat generation getting in coming into the hockey world. You know, like there's a whole other realm. Like Jen has kids that's roughly the same age as I do, and um, you know, are your are your kids on Snapchat, Jan, and all that? What do you think? Of course, right. I mean, again, so, I, I have one just to kind of monitor a little right. bit. Look, my younger one honestly wanted Facebook. And I said pretty much yeah. no. I've said it for years because honestly, as those of us who are involved in social media and recognize the ills and the ills of social media yeah. and the potential risks, look, it's it's scarier now for them to be on. Look, texting is just as bad, but social media just spreads virally when anything happens. Yes. And cyberbullying, et cetera, is a right. massive topic you have to worry about. Right. So Snapchat, you know, for those who don't know what it is really is like, is basically like a way of texting your friends without your parents really being able to track it or anything like that. And it's a way of, it's a way of putting something out there that immediately disappears. You know, it's like, it's, it's sending a photo to them that disappears right away. And the concept of it is, you know, you have these things called streaks where they have to take pictures of each other, pictures of themselves and snap it to their friends every day. Like my daughter has streaks of like 400 days going where she sent a picture to people. Um, I'm like, that seems like, and I, I think it's fine, but I always say to him, that seems like a really big commitment. Like, you know, you really, you really yeah, have to like, There's a day where you just don't want to do anything. I'm not doing it because I mean, I, it's not a work, but, but this is, so this is a whole, we're going to see like, you know, like I jokingly put out there that one of the players who was drafted in this last draft was born on the same day as my daughter was born. And that kind of blew my mind. I'm like, holy cow, I'm really old, you know, like a hockey player. I'm like, look, you saw his birthday. I'm like, that's the same as my daughter's birthday. Wow. So. I'm, yeah, running it, it is interesting because like Facebook and stuff like that, like you're saying, Jan, like they have to, when my daughter was applying for colleges, um, she had to put her, she put her, had to put her, had to put a Facebook page together uh, to, as like a, as almost like a, you know, a little Profile. bit of, of a resume right. thing. You know, so there's a whole bunch of different things, you know, but, but I but think remember that, that comes back to haunt you because it never, as we've seen, Things that you tweeted years ago right, never right. go away. You can delete it, but somebody always seems to have a screenshot of what you said. And there's companies out there like Reputation Defender and other things like that, that their, their job is to go out there and try to get rid of anything like that that's on you. There's a whole, there's yes. a whole business to this. Okay. So, um, yeah, to help you scrub it. Yeah. There's a whole business. Their whole business. Yeah. So, it's but sponsored, a lot of these kids, it's sponsored by Hillary, Hillary Clinton. The um, kids now, right? Kids now, like, sorry, they put D'Angelo into this realm, like that age and younger are very used to the concept of them being broadcasters in a way, like of putting out something like, you know, of, of putting out, but because they're broadcasting their picture, they're, they're sending videos to each other constantly. They're way more comfortable with the concept of like everybody having a podcast. It's not a big deal. Like there's, or a YouTube page or whatever, you know? So it's a completely, it's not, it's not surprising that we're going to see more of this. Like what D'Angelo is doing, I think it's just the tip of the iceberg of what we're going to see in the future here, because this is where it's heading. You can't, you can't, you know, 
we can't put stuff back in the donkey, as they say. So this is ha this is it's it's out, right? And you have to get you have to realize that this is you know this is where it's going. So who knows what's going to happen here? But this, right. this, I'm not, this I don't think this is I don't think he's I think right now he's like the first of this, which the hockey world will definitely rebel against because the first of anything in hockey world <laughs> we know rest yeah. hockey, know that <laughs> well, um, <laughs> the early early bloggers in the hockey world well the first uh, are are going to be are going to be scorned joe, joe thornton is so old he has a myspace page um <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Well, well again remember so malcolm gladwell and others have talked about right this is the instant gratification generation right yeah. so and it's also kind of the open kimono generation also where everything right. is just kind of thrown out there right so things we talked about right with you like twitter that's you're doing story. instant. You're doing instant kind of evaluations, right? And that what kind of comes back to haunt you. Look, even for me, I've had opinions on players that I've been proven to be wrong, like we all are. But the point is, years ago, you would probably measure it, write it, then send it. Now, it's you're sending it immediately, and that that drives the opinion of people. It's all about social yeah. branding, right? That watch your tone podcast is his social branding to an extent, right? Yeah. He's expanding yeah. his remit. Um, um, expanding his remit in terms of you know what he wants to be in the future, Precisely. which is kind of what all athletes are doing now anyway. But I, I'll tell you this, and maybe this is just me. If I was getting paid four and a half million dollars a year to let's say doing this, then this is what I would spend most of my time doing. Right. So you know, I think that's where no, everything... you're right about that, Russ. But the, yeah. this, is, this is such common. Like I mean, the, the, being like broadcasting pictures themselves, doing little videos. It's, it's just a part of their lives to the point where it's not it's not a big deal. Like they're not taking any extra, it's not taking any extra time to do this. It's, it's like, like breathing. It is, it's like breathing. And it, it always amazes me. Like the one thing I say, I'm like, that's cool that you're doing all that. But I always joke with my daughter. I'm like, I don't know how I would not want to have to have that kind of each other. I guess, I guess the basic- but It's not texting, it's the, it's the, the, the photo streaks. That we got. I don't, I would not want no, to no, have- No, 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 I know, but I'm just saying- it, She got really depressed. My friend, you know, didn't, didn't you know respond to me within 30 seconds on on snapchat which is like if, if you're getting paid millions as an athlete knowing that people are watching you and waiting for you to trip up isn't it easier to just have like a social account that you literally do just for your you know your basic stuff where you're not going to be on edge and then anything else you want to do go ahead and text nobody's going to know what you're doing yeah yeah, yeah. Right. One thing, Timothy. No, this is not a hat they shipped to a third world country after the Super Bowl. It's the <laughs> five Super Bowl titles that they've won, as opposed to the one that they've lost. Yes, because so that's, that's Jan's number one. one. And that's big, I've been to Super Bowl twenty nine, so I can I can wear it. And big sport right. boy, are you so wrong? Um, okay, hey, uh, let's couple, get into this. Well, a couple couple other quick items. Am I good? Now we can do the Pacific. Yep. Um, there's been some talk, obviously, about when the next season is going to start, uh, you know, January 1st, January 15th, February. John Shannon had an interesting thing this morning. He says driving a January start for the NHL is their ability to execute their national sponsor deals, including television. Don't forget the league and the, and the clubs will also get an injection of expansion money from Seattle early in 2021 that would help teams get through some tough times. So that may – yeah. Uh, impact them starting the season with no fans if municipalities won't allow them, but they still want to get their money from uh, NBC for their and NBCSN for their TV contracts, their regional deals, and their advertising deals. So I think we could see if there isn't a ridiculous blow up uh, of COVID in December and January that they start the season in January. January when? Though? January. You're ready at November 5th now. January 1. Make, 
you need to kind of make determinations as to who's coming over. And then also, if you're going, you also got to determine, are you going hybrid? Yeah. Are you going modified bubble? Are you going playing in playing in each individual arena and traveling? Yeah. You're, you're kind of starting to run out of time a little bit because you're nine, eight, nine weeks away from that time frame. They have four or five plans already in the background and they're going to one day just pull the, you know, push the button on one of them. And I think it'll, we'll, I've been saying this all along. I think we'll find out sometime before Christmas yeah. what the schedule is, what the plan is. And I well, think that's the way it's going to be. But I, they'll know way in advance. Players right, will but, know. But, what you, not tell but them if you're doing Christmas, when, when, when are you starting the season and opening? No, training? no, no. But they're, they're doing, I, I, will, I, I will, I will bet saying they're doing Christmas to say camp is next week and right. it's a two week camp. And then the season's starting. I, I, will, I will bet that they tell players to come over on December 1. It'll be something like that, yeah. yeah. Just, that's, that's, yeah. That's kind of my view. You you got to let them know by mid November, in my opinion. Yeah, they in do. order to come over, quarantine if if necessary, and then figure out what you're going to do in terms of the start date. You can't you can't wait that long. You can't give a no, no, players can't have a short. Trip. You guys that haven't played since March. No, no, of course, but players are going to know way before us, Jan. That's the yeah. point. Oh, yeah. I, I think that I think we'll kind of all know at the same time, but I think that um. But I, I do think that ja I think that uh, January around January fifteenth is the date, and I think that um, along with that is going to be like that's the date whether we're bubbling it, whether we have half fans, whether we have this or that, and it's, it's going to be very different than before um, because of the whole concept of like the from what I'm hearing like the, there's no there's not going to be like a can the cancel culture quote unquote you know what I mean, uh, which is a joke, but that people but they're not going to not play put it that way they're going to find they're going to play it's just a matter of what how they do it. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah have, they, have they have they formed the return to play committee yet? I know they were obviously part of this equation was to play dealing with the players was to have that committee. Yeah. The last time, last thing I'm I heard they have, but they, they haven't have told us. No, the they have. I've been told they have not. They're, they're not super worried about it, which I think is wrong because I think they should be more worried about it. But I don't get the impression that they're nervous about it. Which the, is, la the, yeah, la the last thing I heard was that the return to play committee, which was five players before, involving also I think it was GMs and and uh, people, it's going to be up to thirteen players. So there's going to be more uh, more feedback in terms of the players, which I think is is a good thing because then. Uh, but now. You need to kind of start those discussions relatively soon, given the myriad of things that the myriad of items that have to be agreed upon. And this. And and what Mark has here in the chat, that's something that's not going to be a part of the return to play. That's going to be Donald Fear and, and Beth. Right. They could have already had meetings. We'll, we're not going to know about everything. That they you, you would have told about would have filtered out already, Russ. I, you know, I about the return to play committee. I don't know about that. I was told that it is going to be larger. Uh, I wasn't told a number like 13 or anything. I, told, I, was, I was actually told every team would have a representative in it, um, which, is, which is bigger, uh, bigger than 13. But we're looking at 31 there, right? Um, but I was also told that basically the NHL said, you know, to each team, like pick your representative, you know, we're going to start talking X date, like probably in the middle of November, somewhere around there. So that we haven't, that, that they're, they're leaving it up to the teams to have basically have their player rep, you know, which is going to be probably the NHLPA player rep from each team, I would guess, um, which already exists, you know, and that's why we heard things, you know, last week from the guy in Boston, you know, who's, the, who's their player rep, player rep. So I think that you're going to see, that and you know, and then they'll start talking mid November. I think that they think it's going to go smoother. There's, there's a little more, they should be a little more nervous and the more nervous than they are, in my opinion. But maybe, maybe they know something that we don't. But and there might be other, there, there, there probably are other little things going on, Russ, where you're, you know, where Fear and, 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 and Batman are, are talking about 
just bigger picture concepts of like you know this or that, but they haven't they haven't tuned in on anything. From what I've been told, your your mic's off. You can't hear you, Ross. Yeah, the NHLPA could be sending messages to their guys every day. We're not going to know about that. Yeah. I, I think you'd know you would may not know specifics, but you would probably know that if there were some kind of conversations going on, that information seems to always come out. One of the guys, Friesman or, or Shan, John or any of those guys would probably know. There's, there's no obligation for them to tell us anything in the off season. No, 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 no obligation. I'm okay. No, I'm just saying. I've been looking for this kind of stuff, and and all I know is that I feel like I would have heard something. Um, but, but like I told you, I told you right, everything I heard. I just told you in that last sentence, right? Like, right. That, like that, there every player, one player from each team in middle of November. That's all I know. So, whether or not there's anything else, uh, last last thing, um, yeah. Alex Ovechkin gave an interview on Russian TV a couple days ago and uh, was asked about uh, you know, his future. Uh, he said, I really want to come back and end my career with Dinamo Moscow after a certain number of years that I will spend God willing in Washington. He says, it's not a question of money. It's a matter of principle. I've only played for two teams, Dinamo and Washington. It's clear in two, three, four, or maybe five years, I will end my career in Washington. I want to end on a beautiful note to play my last match with Moscow Dinamo. Yeah, no doubt. We all knew he'd be going back. Right. He so, has, has longer range plans than that, too. Like, he wants to be part. He wants to he wants oh, yeah, take He wants, he, he wants job. Yeah, or Federer, Federer, who is good? Federer, sorry, Federer, right? Yeah, he wants Putin's, he wants, he wants, Putin's, 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 yes. he wants Putin's job. We were right there in the middle. Yeah, maybe he'll, I don't know if down the line he does, but yeah, that'd be all right. Um, all right, so let's get into the Pacific. We've been doing this little little thing about is your team better off than they were four years ago, and today we're going to get to the specific of it, the some specifics about the Pacific. Try that, try that 10 times fast. All right. The Pacific Division back in ninth, so we're looking at 2015-16 into 16-17. Yep. Pacific Division, of course, was seven teams big. There were no <laughs> Golden Knights yet um, in either of those years. The Golden Knights would join the right after that, right? So, so they're better now. Yeah, the Golden Knights are better now than they were better off now than before they existed. Yes. There's something very important to know about the 2015-16 Pacific Division, and that is that it sucked. <laughs> For what it's worth, the 2015-16 Pacific Division was – Three, had three teams. The, the three California teams were okay. They they put up serious points because they feasted on the bottom four teams who were terrible. Um, and the, as the Coyotes, who finished fourth in this division, were twenty points behind the third place Sharks. Yeah, um, I, I don't I don't know if you can say the division sucked when one of the teams went to the the Stanley Cup. Final. One of the teams did go to the Stanley Cup final, um, but the, the division in general, yes, was pretty terrible. And the four teams on the bottom of the division, especially, were terrible. Yeah, um, Canadians. So let's get into um, this. So we're going to start alphabetically again, which brings us to the Anaheim Ducks. Um, now the Ducks in the, in the fifteen sixteen they won their they won the Pacific Division for the fourth straight year with one hundred and three points. That's the fourth straight year they won the Pacific Division, one hundred and three points. Um, but in the playoffs, remember what happened to them? They lost to who was it? Yes, no answer out of me. I'm not guessing. They lost in the first round. Um, to Minnesota? To your Nashville Predators. Um, Nashville. That's right. Okay. Seven games. Very exciting series. Um, over Overtime win. I want to say, like, uh, I want to say Mike Fisher goal, um, maybe. I remember Mike Fisher scoring a big goal in that series. Yeah, Mike Fisher scoring a big goal makes sense. Yep. Um, the um, 
so that so then so that so that was another seven seventh game loss, um, a seventh game loss for for Bruce Boudreau, who at the time had had an unbelievable record um, with the with the Ducks in the regular season, um, two hundred and eight wins, one hundred and four losses, and forty ties. So or forty overtime losses or whatever you want to call it. Um, so basically, twice as many wins as losses. Um, had four, had been there five years, had won the division four of them, um, and yet will be fired after this season. Because um, he's one of the great regular season coaches, and that's it. It goes right. no further. Very famous for losing in game sevens in in the playoffs with Anaheim. Oh, yeah. That was his thing. Um, that was his thing. <laughs> that was his thing with Anaheim. It was. He had his market cornered on losing game seven. I mean, that, that, it was just unbelievable. And he would talk about it. It just was crazy. So Bruce Brudeau was gone. Re- the return of Mike. Randy Carlisle. Randy Carlisle, who's been oh, doing Mike was so happy. Who got doing to his time got in um, final? Who was doing his time in Toronto in the in the meantime after having left Anaheim before? Um, so they went from a guy who had a really good record with Bruce Boudreau to a guy who did not have a very good record in with Toronto with Randy Carlisle. Um, yeah, but, but he won a Stanley Cup in Anaheim. So he won a Stanley Cup. So it was a Back to the Future moment. Their biggest signing in 2006, uh, 2000, in the 2016 summer there. Would be one Antoine Vermet. Um, <laughs> That's not a very big signing. No, two years, three point five. Hard commodity at the time. Yeah. No, they were a pretty good teams, so they really. I mean, they didn't really need to do much. No, but if, we, if you want to be fair, though, like people thought Vermet had a little something going. He was. He was. He's a decent third line player. But, yeah. okay. To 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 cut through to get to the the point of the uh, the whole thing. No, they're not as good as they were four years ago. Um, I Russ Russ would definitely say, and I'll let him say it. But I think that there's definitely a downgrade in who their head coach is right now, as opposed to four years ago. Getzloff is four years older. Corey Perry's been bought out. Um, they're not as good. They're just yeah. not as good. for all for all those reasons. Mike said their prospect system's better now, but that's it. You didn't let me finish my exciting stuff that I have. That I jumped right past it all. We only have a half hour. I know, but you know, let him do his job, Mike. You didn't get me to tell you to say that in the, the right before the season started, the night before the season started, they claimed Emerson Edom off the off of waivers from the oh, Vancouver. Oh damn! I, I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry, I cut you off. Poor Emerson. Their, their two first, they had two first round draft picks that summer, signing Max um, Max Jones and Sam Steele. Yes, yeah, Steele still with them. Jones is with them too, but I don't. I think his skating has sort of tripped him up. Steele's going to be good. Steele had a pretty good numbers last year. And Emerson Edom is still po- very popular in Buffalo. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then 2016-17, um, they did they did win the Pacific for the fifth straight year this time under under uh, Carlisle, and um, and they won their first two series only to get to get to the conference finals to lose again to the Nashville Predators, who uh, in that year would go on to play the Penguins in the finals. So um, they, they are better off for now. No, they're definitely not better off now, like we talked about. Arizona, let's go to Arizona. Uh, 2015-16, um, they were called the Phoenix Coyotes, by the way. Uh, the fourth in the Pacific. Because that uh, really mattered. Because it really mattered. I like Phoenix Coyotes better. Uh, fourth, in Pacific, fourth in the Pacific was seven, eight points. We talked about they were 20 points behind the Sharks, who were, uh, who were in third place. They missed the playoffs, of course. Their biggest summer signing was well, they had three. It was hard to say which one of these were big because none of them were big, but they were the three interesting ones, I guess. Jamie McGinn, three years, $10 million. They were uh, high on that one, though. They were really high on that one. That was a big deal. They that, like right away, right when the thing, right when things hit at noon. Um, they went and signed the great Luke Shen, uh, two years for $2.5 million. Future Stanley Cup winner. We didn't, none of us saw that coming. Right. 
And then the off-traveled, and, and definitely in my rumor Hall of Fame, Radim Verbata. Uh, one, one year, $1 million. Radim Verbata yeah. plays great in Arizona and nowhere else. But you know what? For right. the million dollars, if you looked at his point production for what they paid him, incredible. Yep. Then, okay, their trades. And this is where we have the theme of the day. Uh, every, we had, every day we like to have a theme. They, they did take on Datsuk's salary, which was not that exciting. Um, but they traded a second rounder to Tampa for Anthony D'Angelo. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> that summer, and then they traded that two. Worked out well, yeah, they traded two picks to the Panthers for Lawson Kraus and Dave Bolin. Um, yeah, Bolin ended up being another LTIR guy. He was a great player yeah. for Chicago, but Kraus is pretty good. Kraus is playing right. Uh, no, guys, no, sorry to interrupt. We do have a little breaking news that Vladislav Gafrikov has signed a three-year extension with the Blue Jackets. Okay, there you uh, go. Really going to make them much better. Yeah, no, that's they 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 Blue Jackets like their players. They keep their he's, he's a pretty good sh- him and him and David Savard on that shutdown pairing played really. Well, he good. pretty good. He's he's two point eight million dollars AAV. I'm that's sorry, really if I was talking to Yarmo, I'd be like, wait, you just lost Nyquist. Get some scoring. You uh, need some scoring. Uh, we, all, we all said yesterday who we think they're going to go after. Russ, I, it's funny. I think Ken Campbell was watching the show yesterday. I think he was too. Because because all of a sudden he says, now the imperative of, of signing Mike Hoffman in Columbus is even more so after Gustav Nyquist got hurt. Saw that like right away. Um, all right. Uh, they made uh, two picks that summer, um, and they were good ones. Um, they picked Clayton Keller and Chikrin. Yeah, yeah. Those are good well, it, it, it's funny because they got lost in Kraus because they had to take Dave Boland's contract right. from Florida. So they were this is they were right in the middle of the Arizona dumping ground. Yeah, and this is when they had like Chris Pronger too, and they had other yeah. players that were right. And then they, then I think they took Pavel Datsuk's contract for a first round pick, and that's what they used to take they chicken. Ripped first round pick somehow. They, they second round pick. I, I looked at it. It was interesting. That yeah, was a trade up. They got they got into the lower trade part up. of the first round and and they got chicken and, for that. And the rumor was that year I think that the Rangers were looking to move step on even then yeah. to yeah. try to trade right. up to get Edmonton's pick so they could take Clayton Keller. Right, right. Um yeah, 2016, 17 right. season, the following season they would be um even worse. They finished sixth in the division with 70 points. Um, and so are they better off now than they were four years ago? The big question, the Arizona Coyotes? They're the same. They're the same mess. No, I think I think they're worse because now, you know, they don't have I mean, they don't have an aging Dome. They don't have Domi. Uh, 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 Taylor Hall has left. They have an aging Phil Kessel looking for a hot dog stand. Um, you know, they're, they're- Enough. <laughs> Enough. You, between, between, between Kessel and between Kadri. I swear to God, we're buying you a jersey split in half between the two of them, because and you're going to have to wear it every single goddamn day on this show because <laughs> I'm already doing it. All right, Jan. Good job. I'm for that. Sorry. Never so stop. England, that's uh, but, um, and, and uh, you know, I, they had Tippett as a coach. Yep. And I think – They also had draft picks, which they don't have and, now and, either. And I think they're better off now, guys. That's, that's yeah, but they don't, they don't even – they didn't even pay rent on their arena. I'm, I'm telling you they're the yeah, same. I think team-wise, they've got more talent now. Than well, certain things haven't changed and others have, so – No, I'm telling you they're the same. They're – there's, that's the problem with being a fan of that team. You go through these highs and lows, but in the end, nothing really changes. Right, right. That's true. That's true. All right, so next up, let's go to the uh, Calgary Flames. Um, here we go. Um, they finished sixth in the sixth in the division with 77 points uh, in, in 2015-16. They missed the playoffs. Um, they made no major signings and no major trades 
in the offseason. Um, but did they did change coaches, however? They um, Bob Hartley was out and replaced by who? Oh, like, yeah. I forgot about this guy. I don't even there. Very Glenn. Oh, Glenn, 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 Glenn Gullison. Oh, God. yeah, Glenn Gullison. They did, however, make two good draft picks. Uh, this is they picked up Matthew Kachuk in the draft and a guy named Adam Fox, who they never, <laughs> of course, they never right. saw. But well, they, they good draft them. picks. Unfortunately, only one of them that actually played for them. Right. Um, and so they, uh, that then the following season, they actually did finish fourth in the division um, and they made the playoffs um, only to be completely annihilated by the Ducks in four games. Which um, they which they usually do get annihilated by the Ducks in the playoffs. And I, I think I remember Brian Elliott being a sieve in that. Yeah, that was a tough series for them. Yeah. That was a tough series for them. So are they better off now than they were four years ago? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's not that's not a hard one at all. But they do uh, have Jan Lucic on the roster, so. Well, speaking of that, the Edmonton Oilers, 2015-16 um, season, um, finished eighth in the division. So of all the bad teams in this, they were the baddest of them baddest. But you said they were a playoff team that year. No, I did not. Um, <laughs> so they would be a playoff team the next year, which they were. Um, all right, so they did not make the playoffs this year ever. And um, their big 2016 summer signings were they signed Chris Russell for one year, 3.1. Do they still have – and they signed Milan Lucic for seven years and $22 million. If we only could go back in time and tell them not to do that. I think every team. They decided to trade Taylor Hall to New Jersey for Adam Larson. And um, shortly I after still, that. I still remember the day I'm driving up the QEW and all that news happened within an hour. That was a good two weeks of the Edmonton Oilers franchise right there. <laughs> yeah, and then they turned around Lucic for James Neal. So, so then they thought they were great on the power play last year, the first month of the season. <laughs> Well, that's James Neal for you. I mean, right. but you know, it's okay because we have the draft where they went and they picked up Jesse Pujarvi, um yeah. with their draft pick. Well, they still have, but if, if you count, yeah, I think we all still like. Just he just hasn't been able to do it on the ice yet. No, no. But four years later, what has he played? Like eighty games for yeah. him? You know? Well, I look mean, at Leah Anderson a couple. I mean, look at that, that was not a good two weeks. I mean, signing Luke, trading Halla. And, and drafting Puyarvi, that's a triple header there that you have to really – Well, and Russ, they, everybody – at because we were at the draft in Buffalo, and everybody was – I mean, Dubois was not a bad pick at that point, but people were skeptical of it because for months you were. heard Matthews, Line A, Puyarvi. Matthews, Puyarvi, Line A. I was one yeah. of the few actually defending Yarmo because I had seen a lot of Dubois, but most people did think Puyarvi was the better pick. And as of right now, it looks like he made the right selection. He oh, did. Yeah. And but he I did. think everybody panned the Hall trade the the minute it happened. They and, did. And he he drafted a player, Yarmo did, to switch him position-wise because mostly he was a winger, but then they, they moved him to center when he went back to junior that, that next year, and he was ready to play center at the NHL level when he when he came. So and in right. the end, it was a really good pick. Yeah, yeah, okay. So um so are they better off? Okay, okay, wait, let's so, oh wait, so hold on. Next year, though, however. The 2016-17 season, despite that be awful beginning in the offseason, they shocked everyone except for me by finishing second in the division with 103 points, yeah. um, which was a 30-point improvement over the previous season. Jan, you're ripping, you're ripping on me for my Kessel hot dog takes. They uh, beat the San Jose Sharks. the roll of the eyes I just made after he made that comment? <laughs> that they beat the former 
conference champions, San Jose Sharks, in the opening round, and then they battled the Ducks really tough, the best Ducks in a seven-game series, only to lose them. Lose yes, them. yes, I remember that well. <laughs> um, are they better off now than they were four years ago? I mean, they're better off, but they're not really much better off in the playoffs. Yeah, they're. I mean, this year they lost to the worst team in the playoffs. Right, Chicago. Sure. Either, either it was either Chicago or Montreal. They lost, you know, the, a team that you know they have the highest paid player in the league and one of the best players in the league in Connor McDavid. They have the Hart Trophy winner in Leon Draisaitl, and they lost to the Blackhawks. So just to answer Michael Cohen, we did not go to the Anchor Bar at that draft. No. no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't poison myself to go to that crap hole. I think they're. I think they're better off now than they were then. They've got the same guys basically. Like that we all like. They've improved. There, they've improved in other spots. They, they still have places that they still. Have they don't players. have a goalie. They, they still, still have a goalie. I agree with you. They should. I mean, they have. They have. You know, they don't have the they goalie. Have, they, they don't have a quality goalie. How's they have that? guys who wear pads, but they don't have a goalie. They don't have a quality goalie. Right, and they so still think in the, the same spot they were. Heck, you have to admit, admit admit this. Like, they have to get off the playoff hump. If they don't soon, they're going to end up making more changes. Well, LA Kings finished second in the division in time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, um, yeah, sure. I'm no, I guess, I guess Ken Holland's watching. I get it. No, no, probably. Um, uh, anyway, no, I just think that that's fine. I think that's good. I, I listen, I mean, the the Oilers have to win in the playoffs this year, like coming up. I mean, really, I mean, they really, there's no question. I mean, they were very good last year, and they, you know, we thought they'd be good last year. I did. Well, okay, I, they, I, they, I, have, they have they weren't good in the playoffs, and you know, and I, I bring this up all the time, and maybe I'm barking up the wrong tree, but the but the complaints that you heard more vocally out of Jack Eichel in Buffalo because of their lengthy ineptitude, how long will it be before you start to hear that from McDavid? He's throwing years of his career away in Edmonton if they can't put a team around them. Yeah, but to be fair, he did not really show up in the bubble think, very well. I just don't think it's his personality to come out right out and say it. You no, know, it's not. It's not. It's not definitely not his personality, but also he, he, he also has to know he also really wasn't that great in the playoffs for them this year. I mean, that's his, Remember, it, this, this is what got brought up, right? Is 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 look, he clearly is the best player on that team, but is he a quote unquote true captain? That's right. that that look, and that's an argument to you win, right? Gretzky had the same conversation, Crosby yeah. had the same conversation, though Crosby's clearly more vocal. You're going to have the same conversation about McDavid until – look, Edmonton did make the run to the Stanley Cup Finals a couple of years ago when Cam yeah. Talbot was between the pipes. Nobody was complaining then. So I, I think it's kind of a specious argument at best that right. he's just not a vocal leader. That's just not who he is. But he clearly right. is the captain of this team. Right. I totally agree. Um, all right. L.A. Kings. Um, no, next up. 2015-16 season. They, this was the drama here. That's We're missing that, Eck. What's up? There's not a lot of drama with – the Pacific here, you know. Well, this is a bad Pacific division, like I said. It's interesting. I know. What we're really doing is remembering the bad. There's almost no team that you're going to say is doing is, is well, doing. The Kings, the Kings were a good team, but see what happens is the good teams from that year, the three L, the three California teams are now bad teams, and the right. other teams are okay now. So it's kind of the bad teams then are pretty much good teams. It's kind of it's interesting. So the Kings are they finished second in the division with 102 points. This was sort of the last year of the kings as we know it like yes they, they were um they were still half decent they were good if they still had their their you know their, their stanley cup players on it you know who i include with that act and, he, and he's good playoff performer he's not a great player 
Trevor Lewis. Like they kept him for a long yeah. time for a reason. Oh, yeah. he was he was there until well, I was just about I was just about to say, um, up until the trade deadline, five players, five or six play, yeah, you know, five or six players from that 2016 team were still on the team. You still had you still had yeah. Dustin Brown, you still had Jeff Carter, you still had Jonathan Quick. They traded Kyle Clifford and Trevor Lewis was on the roster. Wow. So long-term yeah. contract, long-term contract, long-term yeah. contract, long-term contract. That's why the guys are still there. You can't just get you can't get rid of them. Lewis had a long term. Yeah, but not not like not like that. It was a three year, I think it was a three year deal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And not um, for big, not for big money by comparison to those guys. Clearly, so this team lost in the playoffs, um, lost to the Sharks four to one in the opening round, which was, which you know, is not that interesting. Although, it was the rematch of the season of the year before, where the Sharks had a three nothing lead on them, and the and the Kings came back, remember, and took it, you know, four three, right? So that was like that was well, like you got to consider what that Sharks team was also then, which we'll get to next. That, yeah, that was a team that was that was the peak of that, that was Sharks the peak team. of the Sharks. Yes, it yeah. was. Um, so then after that, they didn't make any major signings or trades in the off summer and they didn't make any coach change, coaching, coaching changes either. Um, their best draft for the Kings, their best draft pick was, um, was Kale Clegg. Um, yeah. who's still know, in our system and I think will play. They're over marinating them right now. Yeah. A little bit. Um, so then in the fit in the 15, I think that summer you said that you thought Dean Lombardi was going to get fired and he didn't. No, he didn't. I thought I thought he was was on his way out, but he did not. I didn't say he was going to get fired. I don't think well, something I, to those to that degree. I he was wearing out. I thought I thought it, I thought his time was coming towards an end. Okay. But I, um, but I think um, so. Then in sixteen seventeen, they end up finishing um, fifth in the division, missed the playoffs. So this is like I said, this is this is this is definitely the last year. Yeah. Um, so I think it's easy to say that they're better off now than they were then. I mean, they're they're heading I, in the upper direction now. Their prospect system is one yeah. of the top three of the league right they yeah. they clearly need to weed out and i use that term in quotes the older guys whose contracts will be expiring in another year or two where most of them are when that happens and they have capital to spend and they incorporate velarde and mornford and and all those other guys that they have on including you know my field, all the guys that they added that team even if only half of them hit should be in pretty good shape in terms of moving forward augmented by whoever they add in the draft beyond that and in free agency and they got I, centers, man that's what they've got and and i think that the, the they will benefit from the fact that they still have kopitar and dowdy at an age where they're still capable so those young guys playing around guys who are still cornerstone players will help them move forward and be successful a lot quicker than say like toronto a few years ago that had nobody uh, and they had to go out and sign Marlowe. In terms of a veteran player, they had nobody to, to sort of school Matthews and all the young guys. So I think that's that's a benefit for the Kings. Right, right. I agree with that. So um, they are. So then let's move on to the Sharks because we're running out of time here. Uh, the Sharks third in the division that year, 2015-16, um, but um, went on to the Stanley Cup final against the Pittsburgh Penguins um, to, to lose in six games. Um, so they were. I mean, they were. Wasn't the great? It was a funny year for the Sharks. Had a lot of better years, but they finally put it together in the playoffs this year, basically. Um, and it well, was it had to do with the matchups that they hit in the playoffs. They hit the right matchups in the playoffs too. That's because Martin Jones actually stopped the puck there. Martin Jones got, got so in the so summer signings. You wouldn't think they would have to do much, and they didn't do much. Their biggest signing was a four-year, eight point four million dollar contract they gave to Dave Schlemko. Yeah. <laughs> um, well. Yeah. 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 And uh, and then they um, they didn't make any trades or coaching changes. Of course, um, they didn't have many draft picks. They had traded away a lot of draft picks um, to get 
to get to where they got to. Um, they they had a second round pick, Dave Gambrell. Probably picked. Yeah, Dave Gambrell. He's he's on their team. He's pretty good. Yeah, he's still on their team. He's still good. player. Um, and then this would this would then take them to um the following season, 2016-17, where they would finish um eventually third in the Pacific. Um, and lose to Edmonton in the first round in six yeah. weeks. So they're 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 a they're a much worse team yeah. right now. Their organization is not in tatters uh, because Doug Wilson is still there. But I, I don't think you know DeBoer was a pretty good coach, and you know we still the the, the jury is still out on Bob Bugner. Um, and they still have players that were there four years ago that they're just four years older. I mean Martin yeah, Joe. Right. They they went out and had to get, had to get De, uh, Devin Dubnik because Martin Jones has sucked the last two years. They yeah. brought back Patrick Marlowe twice. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think Dubnik's going to do something for them, though. I do. I don't. I don't think that you know um, that you can compare a core group that included Thornton and Marlowe at a at a and, and at Pavelski a, and Pavelski to a core that includes Evander Kane and his erratic nature. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they signed John Leonard, and we got to remember, he had 27 goals in 33 games. When I saw him live, he was a beast last year, and I do think <laughs> he will get a shot in the NHL. So I don't think they're completely done. I think people are sort of – if Dubnik gives them good goaltending, yes. I think they might surprise because if Carlson's healthy, you still have Burns. Yeah, still, still have that, yeah. There's still enough there well. to be a, a bottom playoff team. It should be a playoff team. Right. We saw Vlasic take a step back last year, and he's not aging well. And the sure. bottom, the, the other three blue liners beyond those three is a major question mark right yeah, now. Yeah, but they have other guys in the minors. They have a lot of, like, sixes and sevens, five sixes and sevens that they could put in there to plug it. Well, Which we'll see what happens. Again, I think the key is what happens with Jones, and, and can Dubnik revert yeah. back to the form he showed after he ended up going to Minnesota to be able to 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 be that number one goalie there. I mean Jones is the backup. I think that's clear. I how far is Merkley away? I Rob? think they're gonna give him a look. I think Merkley if the OHL starts later than the NHL, I think Merkley will get a look. I heard that too. I heard that he will we're talking to people out there. Yep. Um finally the Vancouver Canucks, um who I know we know the answer already before we they're obviously better up now <laughs> than they were. But I'll, I'll go back to what they I'll go back to twenty fifteen just for the fun of it. Um they were sixth in the Pacific. They missed the playoffs. Um they, that's that summer they had they signed Louis Erickson to a six year thirty six million dollar contract. They needed a time machine, man. Which really did that. You know, the, this was this was the summer of Erickson and and you know and Milan. This, Lug- this, this was the summer of the worst free agent. Class. You're right. This was, this was the worst free agent oh, class oh, and they, the worst signings of that free agent. Didn't they sign Erickson to spark the Sedines? Wasn't that the reason? Yeah. Yes. And, and also to give them, and just to give them some general umph because they didn't, they didn't, they, they were very soft. They were but considered. The funny, the funny thing is, Russ, is that everybody thought Erickson was the Erickson that played for the Bruins when they, when right. he was treated from Dallas. And that was what, three years before he was right. not. In this already, he was already fading. And the fact he got a six year, $36 million contract there was astonishing to us at the time. We were, I remember we all saw the Lucci's and Erickson signings. I remember doing the show, Mike, that with that. Lucci, Erickson, Bacchus, uh, right. uh, um, uh, Franz Nielsen. Every single one yeah. was a friggin' disaster. So, yeah. so 2010-11, he had 73 points for Dallas. 2011-12, he had 71. Then we had the lockout. He had 29 in 40 in 48. Then he went to Boston, 37 year one, 47 year two, and then he had 63 points in 15-16. 
And that's when Vancouver signed him to the big contract. Yeah, right. That's when they signed him. Um, but he was just constantly hurt. And, um, and, you know, they, and slowed down. Yeah. They didn't really make any big trades that summer. Um, they didn't make a coaching change. Their draft best pick was best pick was Olo Yoli Levy. Yoli Levy. Olo Yolevi, who Yolevi. I think will play this year. Yeah. Right. He should be. He's been, but he's been slowly. They've been play, moving through yeah, the minor. A lot of different things with Yolevi, but he could play. He's a defenseman, obviously, um, but not. He had a really bad knee injury. Um, and in 2016, 17, they were worse. They went, they finished, went from sixth to seventh in the Pacific. Um, so they're obviously way better than they were four years ago. Um, and that was really, you know, that's something they really have to. There's a re- that's a franchise. Like if you're a fan of it, even though you you could have your misgivings about about Jim Benning, end of the day, they're a good team. Benning can only do what the Aquilinos sort of let him do. They they run a weird organization, but at the end of the day, they they're a pretty good team. Yeah, they were they were still in the at this point they were still in the midst of we got to make the playoffs. So go out and sign, right. go out and sign Jay Beagle. Go out and go out and sign uh, 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 Antoine Roussel. Give him three million dollars a year. Idiot. Right. Well, they were coming off of a time there when they, you know, got to the Stanley Cup final, obviously, um, and that was a couple years before that, right? Just five like years before that. Yeah. That was five years before that. Was it five years before that? Yeah, twenty eleven. Twenty eleven. Okay, so yeah, twenty eleven. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, five years before the, the fires are still smoldering. Right, and yeah, fires, and they also, but they also, but before they, and before they made the Stanley Cup final, they were also um, continually like good. They they made they they were winning divisions out there. They were doing well, and then having trouble in the playoffs. But then also, I think there was a bit of a thing of like we have to do something for the Sedins before they go away. And I think that's you're right about the Erickson thing. I think that's really what the feeling was at the time. Yeah. Yeah, Andrew um, Ladd was another one in that 2016. Which that honestly, you could write a book on how bad that that free agent class was. That really was. The agents didn't do bad. Oh no. <laughs> no, I mean players. I mean players made players were getting paid on what they were, yeah. and not what they were going to be more yeah. clearly in that in that UFA signing period than any other. I think they were just getting paid on what Lucci's was getting paid on what he was. Erickson was. Yeah, usually paid. the UFA market's a lot better than that. I think. Yeah. I think this specific UFA market changed things. I think there. I think with all the. I think all the things that happened. I think that people got smarter after this one a little. But Ak, Lucic had a good year in Los Angeles, so it, yeah. the drop off was right then. It's like he got yeah. the money, and yeah. then all of a sudden he came back, and he wasn't Lucic anymore. Well, also right. he never really kept up like with the skating, right? And then the league was a lot faster then. It started to change. It changed five years before that. Then it really got fast after that. And that's yeah. when he lost. At least now, you know, he's something, but not much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's it for the Pacific. So, because um, because like we talked about before, there were no um, Nashville. I mean, there were no Vegas Golden Knights at that point. So um, tomorrow, so other than the Kings, none of those teams are winning the cup anytime soon, and haven't won a cup. And if you're a fan, you're wondering where the hell's our Stanley Cup? Well, no, I think the Canucks are. If you want to talk about a team who is so disappointing when they get to the cup, not because they're not good when they get there, the way they lose, like, come on. Yeah. But I like the, I mean, this young Canucks team, this is a team now. Game seven to the Rangers, game seven to the Bruins. At least Richard Brodeur didn't get to game seven. Yeah, no, but I think think have some of the more exciting teams in this division. Like I think the, I think they are, but they're still going to have to prove to people Mm -hmm. when they get to the cup again, that they're not the Canucks of old and they aren't going to, you know, disappoint sure. again at some sure. point. 
they have to get past that. It's really weighing them down. At least you I really can have different kinds. You do have like seven teams that are all in very different places, though. And this this division, that's the interesting thing about it. Like everybody is someplace else. I mean, Arizona yeah. in their own like, spot. Like Nashville had their run. Yeah. They had a chance. It didn't yeah. happen. And now they got to reset for another run. Like it's, you know. Yeah, 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 for sure. For sure. So tomorrow we'll get tomorrow we'll we'll finish this whole project off with the um with the central division. And um that's an interesting one for sure. We'll have Kevin Allen on with us. So that'll be fun and we'll, we'll go through the central. Um lots lots of, a lot has changed since then, but I think I, what I thought was specifically interesting about this division is how it really has like flip-flopped. Almost. We might talk Lions football with Kevin cuz he was he was really happy 3 4 weeks ago. I'm not sure he's in the same place uh, now. No, especially since Matthew Stafford may not play Sunday either. Right. So we're going to chat about that. Uh, Jeff Finger, four point five million. Was that this UFA period? No, no, no. That was two thousand eight, I believe. And it yeah. was four. It was four years at three point five million, and it is one of the worst free agent signings of all time. It is okay. Well, remember, folks. Um, without the buzz, it is Jeff Ho- just hockey. We, you know, see. We'll see you tomorrow. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.